All right. Welcome in to episode five of Sam and Gabby's fantasy football show. It's uh, September 29th. It's a Wednesday evening. We're recording our fifth episode of our podcast. I'm Samuel Bigelow alongside my co-host Gabby Mozipo. Uh, welcome in, Gabby. How's it going? Going pretty well. How about yourself? Great. Excited to be here as always. Excited to get into it. Uh, I can't get enough of this fantasy stuff. So happy to be full se- full swing of the season. Uh, but we'll get into our first segment here. Um, some housekeeping. Uh, just letting you guys know we've changed the format of our show a little bit. We'll be going through each matchup, talking about the things that we think matter to you in each matchup, rather than talking about um, maybe less, um, more specific, less stuff about uh, individual people, but maybe more specific stuff about those people. We're trying to get a little bit more broad. Uh, We'll still get in depth on some stuff, though, uh, but we'll be going through each matchup rather than just a few people. Um, But we'll still have a few of our good old fashioned segment, defensive streamers, factor overreact, that kind of stuff. So. Uh, this will be our first episode of that, and it should continue uh, for the foreseeable future. But uh, first things first, news and notes section, as always. Big news in Tennessee. Uh, both wide receivers, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, uh, were out of practice this week, Wednesday, today. Um, A.J. Brown has a hamstring injury that's considered week to week. I would say he's unlikely to play this week. Uh, Julio Jones is, was reported having a leg injury until today where it was revealed to be a hamstring issue as well. Um, so that's consi- uh, a little bit concerning for both, uh, both players. Uh, hamstring injuries are the kind of injury that could go away in a week and be fine or linger the entire season. Uh, so definitely keep an eye on that. A little concerning, but uh, good to see that uh, they're taking it easy with them and giving them rest. Hopefully if they are having any issues, they don't play. Um K.J. Hamler of the Denver Broncos, wide receiver, he tore his ACL and is out for the year. Um, K.J. Hamler, probably not in himself a guy that you were really rostering in redraft um, or really had on your fantasy radar for for the most part, at least. But that's important because it's going to clear up more targets in Denver. Um, Probably going to be good for Noah Fant. uh, Probably going to be good for Cortland Sutton and probably going to be good for Tim Patrick. So really unfortunate news for KJ Hamler and the Denver Broncos as a whole. But uh, I think that's going to increase the target share for the rest of the targets there in Denver. Uh, We got Justin Fields, and this is where I want to bring in Gabby as well, but Justin Fields this weekend gets his first started quarterback for the Bears. He got 68 yards passing. He was six for 20 uh, through the air. He got 12 yards rushing on three attempts. Uh, and they had a historically bad offense in general on Sunday. Uh, We were all excited to see Justin Fields. Gabby, what is your big takeaway after seeing Justin Fields this week? It wasn't wasn't a good performance. Um, Very poor. Very poor game plan by Matt Nagy in the offense, but Justin Fields didn't look good by himself. It looked like he had one read the whole time. And the offensive line couldn't protect them, and they weren't running any sort of design runs, things that you were hoping, things that you were seeing in the preseason. They just weren't coming to fruition in the, in the regular season versus the Browns. But the Browns played a really good game. Miles Garrett 
prove he's one of the best defensive players in the game, four and a half sacks. So I'm definitely holding Justin Fields for one more week, but if you need that roster spot or you, there's a quarterback on the waiver wire, people will get into later, but like if there's a Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins, um, I would understand if you would drop Justin Fields for a guy like that. Okay. Yeah. I think uh, personally, if you're not needing a start this week, I'd probably still hold on to Justin Fields just because the three rushing attempts I think is crazy low. I think it was Miles Garrett who came out and said something about how they expected to have Justin Fields run more and they just kept him in the pocket. Uh, Justin Fields' number one skill right now is his legs. So I hope that this serves as a wake-up call to Matt Nagy and the and, the, and Chicago uh, to give him more rushing attempts, maybe scheme him up a little bit of a different type of uh, offense, a little bit more running. They ran basically Andy Dalton's offense with Justin Fields, which the Andy Dalton offense they were running – with Andy Dalton wasn't very good. So it's unlikely to be better with a quarterback who's not as not as good at passing as Andy Dalton right now. Of course, Justin Fields is, has way more upside for the future. But right now, Andy Dalton's a better passer. So tough to imagine that Justin Fields could just come in and be productive. But I would hold on to him for one more week, see if maybe they scheme him up if you can. But really disappointing from Justin Fields. And you're definitely not starting him this week. Um, if it, by any means, if you can find anybody else, uh, for the most part. So Justin Fields, a disappointment if you held on to him. Uh, but if you've held on to him, I'd recommend one more week. So, um, next guy and a guy that I had ranked very low, Gabby, I got to give you credit for being high on this guy. Somebody that I've was not expecting to be really fantasy relevant this year. Brandon cooks. He has the fifth most targets in the NFL through three weeks. He's averaging 10.7 targets per game. He's the wide receiver six for so far. He played Carolina last week. So, and he's had, he's had a few pretty, pretty cheese matchups. I mean, he played Jacksonville and Cleveland, if I'm not mistaken, um, as well as Carolina, but Carolina is no slouch. The other two are pretty, pretty easy uh, matchups for the past game for the most part, but I did not expect the Texans to be able to support a, uh, a wide receiver, a wide receiver one like this. And Brandon cooks has been balling out. If he's available in your league, go get him. I doubt that sincerely, but Brandon cooks got to give you credit for that one. Yeah. Be, uh, yeah. Do you, I, what, why do you think he's so successful in this offense so far? Uh, <clears throat> well, I think it's a couple things. One, he's a really good wide receiver everywhere. He's been, he's been a, a very productive wide receiver. We saw it where he, when he came out of Oregon State, going to the New Orleans Saints, or when he was with the Rams, or when he was with the Patriots. Every stop, he's had over 1,000 yards. And now he's with the Texans. And he's also now the only wide receiver there. So I think being that such a good wide receiver and being the only deep threat and only real threat in that offense, they're looking to target him. And especially in an offense that's going to be down a lot and looking to throw the ball up very good amount of times I think that Brandon Cooks is just a target that they look for and somebody that they scheme open a lot he's their best offensive weapon um by far so I think the offense is going to look to get him the ball pretty consistently here throughout the year yeah I I have to agree I think this is gonna continue unless unless defenses completely change what they've been doing against him but yeah Brandon Cooks has been awesome for fantasy and I expect that to continue uh, moving on to our last piece of news and notes for this week, T. Higgins has been ruled out again this Thursday uh, versus Jacksonville. 
He has a, a shoulder injury. Sounds like he'll probably play week five, but uh, this is definitely going to mean it's a a boost for Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd um, without T. Higgins taking away that target share. Um, they're going to be boosted this week. I think Jamar Chase, he's been balling out this week, or this year, excuse me. Uh, Jamar Chase, he's got four touchdowns through three weeks for a rookie. That's insane. Um, and this should be somewhat of a high-scoring game uh, against Jacksonville. So I would expect those both Chase and Boyd to be pretty solid starts this week. But we'll get into that a little bit more later once we get through the through the teams there. But again, T. Higgins out, uh, Chase and Boyd likely boosted. Um, moving on to our next segment here, uh, before we get into the games, factor overreact. My personal favorite, first statement, factor overreact to Gabby. Robbie Anderson is droppable now. He's been bad for fantasy. Yeah, he has. And I don't think he's droppable right now. Um, That's just because Christian McCaffrey is out. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But with Christian McCaffrey being out, the Panthers are going to have a lot more targets open up. And I think that's where Robbie Anderson becomes more effective. We saw last year without Christian McCaffrey, how good of a wide receiver he could really be. So I want to give Matt Rule a week of not having his top target in Christian McCaffrey and seeing where he's able to go with the ball. I know DJ Moore is still out there and he's going to be the number one dog out there in the wide receiver spot. But I think there's going to be enough targets out there to make Robbie Anderson a viable target, a viable option in fantasy. So I don't think he's droppable by any means. And I think he's a, pretty solid buy low candidate right now i wouldn't go out there and <clears throat> trade a whole lot for him but if you have somebody at the end of your bench that you're willing to drop or somebody a little bit higher than that and you need some a wide receiver flyer robbie anderson's the type of guy that his value isn't going to get any lower right now so and the offense looks pretty good so i would definitely go out there and try to get robbie anderson if available yeah i don't i don't know if i'm recommending people trade for him uh just because he has been so bad for fantasy so far. Um, but I do think if you're able to get him, if he is dropped, which I think is definitely possible in your league, um, or if you're able to get him as just a throw in on a trade deal, which I think is also highly possible, he could he could definitely pick it up, especially these next two games. I would like to see, like you said, a game with Christian McCaffrey schemed in a little bit, uh, or without Christian McCaffrey, where they, Robbie Anderson is schemed in a little bit more. Excuse me. Uh, so I'd like to see that um, before I make anything, make any big moves. But last week with Chris McCaffrey going down, Robbie Anderson still caught his, his low for the year or didn't catch uh, or caught only one pass, his low for the year, uh, tied for his low for the year, but only had two targets, um, which was the lowest he's had against Houston. So concerning at the very least. But I would say, uh, he is, that's an overreact. He's definitely not droppable at this point. Um, next guy, a guy we've talked about in the past, James Robinson. He had a much better week this week. He was actually on the field for less snaps than he had been in the previous, uh, the two previous weeks, but he had more points this week. He finally had a usable week, 25 points. Um, so the statement I would have for you is James Robinson back. Are you confident? Um, should you be confident in starting him? Is it a fact you should start James Robinson? Uh, yes, I think you should start James Robinson now. I think he's back in the top 20, 25 uh, running back area. I think every week we've seen that James Robinson snaps have been going up increasingly. And I think 
the Jaguars are starting to realize that Trevor Lawrence is not ready. He keeps making turnovers, and hopefully, hopefully, they start giving the ball to James Robinson a little bit more. And you see his production has been going up slightly. Well, Gabby, I do, I do have to say his uh, his snaps have actually they went down this last week. Are you are you concerned about that at all? I mean, he was sixty four percent week one, seventy three percent of the snaps week two, and only fifty nine percent this week. Um, significantly more work act this week though. Um, so are, are, is that what you is that the indicator you need just the work or are you concerned about the snaps? I'm more I'm more of a work type of guy. I think the production. I think he's starting to prove that he's producing and he's going to be one of the only guys that you can trust. Trevor Lawrence is leading the league in interceptions right now. And I think Urban Meyer as a coach is going to have to see that soon. So I think this week is the type of week you needed from Jay's Robin. What else did you need to see if you owned him as an owner? If you drafted him to see a performance like this, this is the type of performance you needed to get him back in your lineup. So if, I guess my point is, if you had James Robinson on your bench and you were waiting for him to pop, well, he popped. Now, if you're not going to start him now, I would definitely then look to trade him off of this game. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I almost to a T, I would look to trade him. Or if you're in need of a running back, finally he's back. Uh, good enough, getting enough work to be relevant. Uh, probably not going to be as good as 25 points each week, but I think he's a of good low end uh, RB two high end flex potentially, um, or not really <laughs> that great of a flex, more of a desperation RB two, I guess, but uh, not the worst out there for sure. Um, but yeah, James Robinson getting significantly more work this week. I wouldn't be concerned about the snaps either. Just had to ask. Um, so I would say it's a fact. James Robinson is back and usable for fantasy. Uh, moving on to our next guy here, Brandon Ayuk is a, uh, should you feel confident starting Brandon Ayuk? Is it a fact that he is back as well? Uh, I think he's back in the flex consideration. If he produces like this one more time, personally, I have him in a couple leagues and he's going to go right back into my lineup. Uh, I think you need one more week, though. This is He was outside. What we needed to see, though, came to fruition. He was playing a lot of snaps right next to Debo Samuel. Um, and it looked like he got his place back in, as a wide receiver too. The wide receiver Sheffield didn't play, uh, have any snaps whatsoever. So that's a good sign. And I think Brandon Ayuk has finally got past his hamstring and Garoppolo looked for him about six times. The issue with Ayuk though is what we drafted him for that upside. It looks like it's kind of gone now. Uh, we will draft him to be that top 20 wide receiver. And it looks like Debo Samuel was the wide receiver we were looking to grab there. So I apologize for my preseason hype on him a little bit there. But I still think he's going to be a good wide receiver three flex option. And Debo Samuel does have a propensity to get hurt. So if Debo ever does get hurt, I think Brandon Ayuk could be a really, really good wide receiver type of insurance uh, boost option in that regard. So I definitely feel like this is an overreact, I would say, but. I'm feeling pretty good right now for my and I you go there. Yeah, it's a it's a tough as far as if you're saying he's fully back. Um, I'm gonna say it's a fact just in that I think he'll always be usable now if you're looking for someone to pop off your bench and do it, give you a big game. He could be very very likely be someone like uh, Desha- Deshaun Jackson who 
you know he's either going to give you a great game or basically nothing. I could definitely see Ayuk being that kind of player um, just with how explosive he is and the way that he's being used so interestingly um, in how they're changing, how if they're using him each game or not. Um, so I'd say at the very least, he's going to be somebody you can throw in your lineup if you're just needing a big game, maybe uh, if you see you're probably going to lose to an op- opponent or something. But uh, I'd definitely hold on to him. He could become more consistent. Um, great sign. He got on the field for 86% of the snaps, which was an increase from 54% um, in the previous week. So getting on the field more and, uh, like you said, six targets, so a fair amount of targets there as well. Uh, moving on, though, from our factor overreact segment, moving on to the matchups in each week. We'll get it started here in the first matchup of the week this Thursday, Jacksonville versus uh, Cincinnati. We already talked a little bit about it. I think that both uh, the wide receivers for the Bengals, Jamar Chase and uh, excuse me, Tyler Boyd are both boosted for sure this week. I think they're great plays. Uh, Gabby, what do you what do you think about this matchup? What what are you seeing in here that people should know about or be thinking about? Uh, I think the Bengals are going to be a pretty it's going to be a pretty good matchup this week. Um, Especially with the T. Higgins injury, uh, I just feel like the wide receivers are definitely getting boosted. But Zach Taylor has a run-heavy offense now. Um, Joe Mixon is definitely going to be a pretty good option this week. I, a pretty solid candidate as well. We've seen that he's gotten a lot of work this year, and the Joe Mixon sort of buzz that we were waiting for from years past has finally came to fruition. So I feel like this year he's got the potential to be a top three running back. So he's currently RB 15. And I feel like he's a perfect, this is the perfect time to go in and go get him. So if you have any option or any possibility to get him, definitely go out and get him. Yeah, I definitely think he's a, a great grab. He's had a couple down weeks uh, these last couple of weeks. So people out there might be a little bit uh, down on him, might be willing to move off him. Uh, this week, I definitely think he gets back on track against a porous uh, Jacksonville defense. Um, and the game could definitely get away from Jacksonville. Cincinnati's defense is better than people give him credit for. So they'll for sure, I think, uh, get some turnovers this week. Uh, but moving on to the next matchup here, Jets versus Titans. Uh, the Titans a great streaming defense this week. Uh, the Jets have not looked good. Not really anybody on that offense that you really are probably all that interested in. Maybe Corey Davis. Um, the Titans, like we said, Julio Jones and AJ Brown might miss this week. I'm personally not going after any of the replacements for them this week. I'm not really sure who I think is going to get the bulk of the targets or the work. So I'm not really willing to take that risk for one week, uh, just to maybe get, um, whoever that those targets go to. And I think it's going to be a Derrick Henry dominated game. I see, uh, Ryan Tannehill having a poor game for fantasy, just because I think Derrick Henry is going to dominate. Um, I don't think they'll need to throw the ball that much against the Jets. I think Derrick Henry is going to be able to carry them to victory for the most part. So great, great game for Derrick Henry. I'm not really interested in anybody else on this in this game, though. Gabby, did what about you? Do you, do you see that any differently? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, obviously we're starting Derrick Henry. I'm still starting Ryan Tannehill out here just because he's playing the Jets. The Jets are one of the worst teams, and – We've seen Ryan Tannehill have a propensity to get rushing touchdowns as well. So 
it's not that crazy for him to sneak in for a touchdown or a couple rushing touchdowns. So I think you can still roll out Ryan Tannehill if you have him in your lineups. So not with with utter uh, pretty good confidence. He's definitely not going to bust for you, but he might not get you that top five, top three week. But outside of those two guys, I'm not looking to start anybody in this matchup. Not anybody on the Jets side, that's for sure. Okay, yeah, definitely agree with you there. Um, moving on to our next next matchup here, we got the Bears versus the Lions. We already talked about the Bears a little bit um, previously when we mentioned Justin Fields. I think I I think it was uh, they had the second fewest yards. Um, in a century is what I, on Sunday, the bears against the Browns, um, something terrible. I'm out on all bears players, except for David Montgomery uh, this week. I think that uh, Detroit is a bad enough defense that Derek Montgomery, Derek Montgomery, excuse me. um, David Montgomery is going to have a fine week still. Um, Maybe, maybe a little bit lower on the rankings than usual, but I still have full confidence in David Montgomery. I think he's a good player. Um, and that they're going to rely on. Um, and then I'm not starting any pass catcher, though. Allen Robinson, if you could find a replacement for him, I'm personally benching him. Uh, I just have no faith in that offense. I'm, I'm not sure. Gabby, how would you? How are you feeling about Allen Robinson? Are you interested in playing him against a, a Detroit secondary, a secondary that's not good, lost Jeff Okuda? What, do, what are you doing with Allen Robinson this week? I'm – if I'm in a 12-man league, I probably have to roll him out there. Like, him and Robert Woods are the two guys in this basket where I'm thinking, like, if the draft capital on them you've spent was so much that you have to roll him out there. You don't. I don't think you have any good options. Allen Robinson's versus the Lions are still a – you're not really excited about it, but I, I think I don't I don't see how in a bench on your bench that you have anybody better. But in a ten man, you definitely got to get you you got to find a, a pivot. You got to be able to find someone because he's just not good right now. You need a game. You don't even really need a game for him to pop off or him to look like a wide receiver one. You just need a, a game where they look for him like a wide receiver one. I just need to see the targets back, honestly, with Allen Robinson. We know the talent's there. We know what he can do. We just need to see the offense be have some life to it. And when you see that, I think that's when you're able to have confidence with uh, Allen Robinson again. But until then, I'm trying to fade him in 10-man. But in 12-man, I think you got to kind of have to roll him out there. In 12-man, I'm still trying to get away from him. I mean, he had – 11 targets for six receptions and 35 yards week one. I mean, he had nine points on 11 targets. Like that's, that's impressive, honestly. Um, And after that, he's, he just, he just seems to have been smothered. Um, He got a touchdown in week two and only got 10 points. I mean, he's just not getting anything. Uh, The work he's getting is very minimal and he's getting shut down immediately when he gets the ball. So um Tough for Allen Robinson owners out there. I'm definitely going away from him if possible. I have no confidence in Justin Fields this week. I'd be willing to be wrong this week about Allen Robinson. I would not take this risk unless you have basically absolutely no one that you're confident in on your bench. Um, I'd be very nervous about that. But 
Yeah, he he should be solid uh, enough to get you a baseline of like six, if that's what you want. But um, let's see here. Oops. Uh, TJ Hawkinson in that matchup. Excuse me. Uh, he was poor last week. Gabby, are you expecting that to continue? No, I'm not expecting that to continue whatsoever. I'm rolling out. I'm rolling TJ Hawkinson back out there with confidence. He's their only passing target outside of the running backs that is a lethal threat. Um, it looked like he was able to be schemed out a little bit, but you drafted TJ Hawkinson and he was able to perform really well the first two weeks. So you roll him out there with confidence. I completely agree. Uh, I still expect the Lions to target him like that. He's their number one option. So, yeah, definitely feeling good about TJ Hawkinson still. Moving on to our next uh, next matchup here, Carolina Panthers versus the Dallas Cowboys. So, Carolina, big news this week, Christian McCaffrey going down. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, big pickup this week, probably most people's number one pickup. Um he might not be mine if I have two good running backs, two good RBs uh, that I'm already playing. Um, just because Chuba Hubbard's probably only going to be around for two or three weeks. I mean, it could go longer than that. It could go for only a week. Uh, we're really not sure. It's a hamstring injury for Christian McCaffrey. Um, so Chuba should get a ton of work, but it's only probably going to be for a couple of weeks. So there's the part of it where you, if you pick him up, even if you don't need him, you are keeping him away from other people in your league. So even if you don't need him, there's that. But um, if there's somebody that got dropped that is really good on the waiver wire, I might consider picking that them up over Chuba Hubbard. But otherwise, I think he was definitely uh, the best waiver wire pickup this week. Um, and he should be a great start this week. Um, should get lots of work. Uh, expect him and and D, uh, D, um, DJ Moore to be good. Probably not confident in any other pass catcher uh, for Carolina. But uh, Cowboys pass catchers, you know, you're starting you're starting Lamb and you're starting Cooper um, and you're starting Zeke. I wouldn't be starting Pollard with any sort of confidence at all. Um, but Gabby, are you, do you have anything that stands out to you in that matchup? Yeah, I want to talk about Amari Cooper. He had a poor performance in week three. I think he's a, one of another, one of those good by low candidates. The Dallas offense looked pretty explosive, and Amari Cooper had a pretty good week one, pretty pedestrian week twos and threes. So I think Amari Cooper is definitely a guy that you should look to go get out in one of your leagues. He's very consistent. C.D. Lamb has been the guy that has looked like he's been the number one, but the offenses are going to start – rolling coverages over to C.D. Lamb. I think what we're seeing a lot now is the Mari Cooper attention is – coverages are rolling over to Mari Cooper. Mari Cooper is seeing a lot of the number one cornerbacks. So C.D. Lamb is the beneficiary of that. And I think throughout the season we're going to see a shift in that. We're going to see a lot more respect for C.D. Lamb. And that should be – that should be good for Mari Cooper. And I think he should regress back to the mean in that regard. So – if you're able to go get him in the league, this is definitely the time. I like all my Cowboys. I've been a big Cowboy fantasy proponent for a long time now. Explosive offense with a horrible defense that just spells for fantasy success. So if you're able to get him, this is the time. 
But <clears throat> in this matchup, you are starting Cooper, you're starting Liam, you're starting Zeke, you're starting Dak. Uh, you, yeah. No, keep going, keep going. You're starting the kicker, so. <laughs> uh, I definitely was going to say the point you made about Amari Cooper's consistency I think is really interesting, and I think a really good point to uh, try to get some maybe some leverage on when you if you're trying to trade for Amari Cooper because you and I know that Amari Cooper is very consistent, but that was really only last year that he was that way. Um, in the, before that, he had a reputation for being inconsistent. So I think there's probably a, a lot of people playing fantasy football who maybe aren't aware of that, who don't haven't changed over to that way of thinking yet, who don't know that Amari Cooper really is one of the more consistent fantasy receivers in the NFL. I think you may be able to get somebody thinking he is not consistent or maybe falling back into that that way that he had been previously of inconsistency on a week-to-week basis. So I think that only helps you potentially trade for Amari Cooper. Just maybe that helps you make your case as well. But uh, moving on to our next matchup here, we got good old Colts versus the, the Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins are going to be having Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Uh, Colts have been struggling a little bit here lately. Um, Jonathan Taylor specifically has been struggling, uh, kind of hurting me personally. I have him in a, in a couple of leagues, but uh, Jonathan Taylor, I think, hopefully has a little bit of a bounce back week this week. Um, Gabby, what do you, what what stands out to you in this matchup? Uh, <clears throat> with the Colts matchup, what stands out to me is the running backs for the Colts. Quentin Nelson's looking like he's not going to be able to play in this matchup. So the Colts are getting a slight downgrade, but Miami's been horrible versus running backs this year. So I think you have to start Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines gets flex consideration. Also, Michael Pittman, I told you guys in the beginning of the year, Michael Pittman is going to be a, a guy that you need to watch out for this year. And surprise, surprise, I was right. The Colts fan was right. 12 targets the last two games. He needs to be in your lineups. He's the type of – he's going to pop. He's had 20 points in week two. I want to say six for about 68 yards in week, in week three. 12 targets in both those games. And the Colts are making a concerted effort to go find him. So I definitely think he's a guy you need to put in your lineup and put him out there with confidence because – Outside of him right now, the Colts don't have much in the passing game. And Carson Wentz, for whatever faults he has, he is a good enough quarterback, and especially in fantasy, to, to suffice multiple wide receivers. And Michael Pittman is the only one right now. So definitely a start in your lineup. Yeah, I I, I think uh, I see Carson Wentz almost as a Jameis Winston-esque player in that he uh, – can't help himself, but uh, do some wild, some wild plays. Um, I think another guy to bring up that I think is boosted because of the quarterback change, Mike Gusecki, Um, with Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett looked for him significantly more than uh, Tua has been. Uh, Gusecki is definitely a good option uh, for a streaming tight end as long as Jacoby Brissett's his quarterback. He got 12 targets last week caught 10 of them, uh, got you 18 fantasy points if you played him, didn't even need to get a touchdown. Um, so, yeah, Mike Gusecki I think is a great 
tight end flex or not flex a tight end uh, streamer if you need one um definitely uh he's been a guy that's been poor uh recently but definitely like him uh and also got to give you credit gabby michael Pittman was one of those guys that we called out early in the in the in the season uh, as maybe a breakout and he didn't start off the season so great and uh, you said definitely to hold on to him so got to give you credit for that uh, michael Pittman's been looking good um Moving on to the next matchup, and one that I think is extremely juicy for fantasy this week, uh, Cleveland versus Minnesota. Cleveland, yeah, they did good against Justin Fields, but everybody else they've played, including Tyrod Taylor and Davis Mills, have been a, has been able to pass all over them. Uh, love the Vikings pass catchers. Tyler Conklin, if you're looking for a streamer, another good streaming option at tight end. Um, especially this week, maybe not in the future, but uh, definitely don't believe in uh, Cleveland's passing game or defense overly, uh, not overly confident in it at least. Um, so that should be a good game. Dalvin Cook may be out again this week. Um, definitely keep an eye on that. Um, but I think that this game will be somewhat of a shootout. I expect the Browns to be throwing it a bit more. I think this is a great Kareem Hunt game. He would be a start of the week at running back for me this week. Um, I think he is. Uh, it's going to be a passing matchup for the Browns. So love Nick Chubb as well, but uh, I definitely think this is going to be a game where Kareem Hunt's involved, um, and I think this is uh, going to be a good game for Odell. Uh, what do you what do you what do you have to add about this week, uh, Gabby? I think <clears throat> I think Odell is going to be. He would have been my start of the week at wide receiver. I think my point on Odell is he's back. If you hadn't started him for the first two weeks because of his ACL, obviously, and he hadn't been playing, I think this is – I think week three, what else did you need to see from Odell for him to be back? Obviously, we would have wanted him to have the 10 for 150 for two touchdowns, but he looked really good out there if you're watching the game, coming in and out of his breaks, catching the ball really well, and he's the only target in Cleveland right now. So, in that regard, I think you have to start him. You – I don't – I think he's another one of those guys where if you were waiting on him to succeed, yeah, he didn't – maybe this time he didn't get you the 25-point game, but he got you – he got you a very solid amount of points and enough points to where I think you can go out there and Baker Mayfield is a quarterback that can get you – give you a pretty good wide receiver, wide receiver two, three caliber type of guy. So I definitely think you need to go out there and – start OBJ in your wide receiver two flex spot. Yeah, no, OBJ, um, just for the record, he got five catches on nine targets for 77 yards, um, and he even got a carry for 10 yards. But uh, that's in a game where they didn't – where Cleveland didn't really have a, a game script that leaned towards passing. Like we mentioned earlier, I mean, they dominated Chicago uh, when Chicago was out on offense. So – I, there was no real need for Cleveland to score too many points uh, to stay ahead. So you could see them really forcing the ball even more to Odell. Um, and he looked good out there. I think they only held him out uh, till week three, just to be sure he's healthy. And with no Jarvis Landry, he should be in line for lots of targets. Like I mentioned earlier, should be a somewhat high scoring game. So uh, should be a good matchup for all the, all the guys that main pass catchers in that. Uh, Gabby, do you have another thing to add? Yeah, and just something to add on the Vikings front. Yeah, it should be a pretty high-scoring game. The line's at 51 and a half. But 
I just wanted to add something quick. The Vikings are at plus two, and I'm kind of a little sports better myself. So I definitely am hammering Vikings plus two this week at home. Um, I don't, I think the Vikings and Browns are pretty even teams. And uh, I know that that's DV, DVOAs of the Vikings are, um, of the Viking Browns are pretty polar opposites in the, in the favor of the Browns. But I, I think that the Vikings are, the Vikings are the bet here. I think plus two, I'm grabbing that all day. I'm, I'm probably grabbing the money line too on Vikings. I definitely think uh, that I would take the uh, the Browns minus two personally in this matchup. Uh, I'm I am a Browns fan though, so I, I take that for what it's worth. But I definitely think the Browns are going to win by more than that. I think the Browns are significantly better than the Vikings. But we will see. We'll see if Gabby wins some money. Uh, <laughs> next matchup here, I'm going to let Gabby take us through this one. Washington at Atlanta. What what do we got to look out for in this matchup, Gabby? Washington versus Atlanta. Um, one thing we got to look out for is is Kyle Pitts going to be involved in Arthur Smith's offense? Um, they drafted Kyle Pitts, one of the best tight end prospects. Oh, geez, who could have seen his slump coming? I just don't know. And they don't use him. Um, I, it's pretty weird. Something that we definitely need to keep in mind. But they're at home this week. Back on in the. Back in the ATL, we know Matt Ryan does really well in the Dome, so we'll see if that's able to trans, uh, transfer there. Maybe they get some tracks, uh, get some traction, able to produce a little bit more. Um, they really do well in week one, though, versus the Eagles, so I don't know if that really helps my case at all, but we'll keep going anyway. Uh, on the Washington football side of things, we have Terry McLaurin. You're starting him. You're starting Antonio Gibson. You're starting Logan Thomas. He's been okay. Logan Thomas has been okay. Like for where you drafted him, though, he's been just he's been better than Kyle Pitts. That's that's true. He has been better than Kyle Pitts. And you drafted him significantly lower. And he's actually the tight end seven. So he's actually been a playable tight end. I mean, he only had one week under 10 points, and it was 9.5. He even got 12 points against Buffalo, who's a good defense. Atlanta's defense sucks. I love Logan Thomas this week. Actually, he's uh, actually my start of the week at, at what my start of the week at tight end this week. I love Logan Thomas this week. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big Logan Thomas guy, but anyway, I think Heineke is a good play too. I think he's a good streaming option this week. He's shown a propensity, especially in garbage type situations, to be able to chuck that rock and I think that my, I think that he, especially with his running ability as well that you're definitely he's definitely a good pick but do you have anything to add on that uh in that matchup yeah yeah I did have a couple things uh just just another couple things on the tight ends um the reason I love having a Logan Thomas over uh Kyle Pitts not only did you draft them later uh Kyle Pitts hasn't been as good as Logan Thomas. His upside is obviously higher, could be putting out more by the end of the year. But Kyle Pitts is so tough because you feel like you have to start him. If you drafted Kyle Pitts, 
you're unlikely to really have a guy on your roster that you're ever really feeling more confident in um, on a week to week basis. Whereas Logan Thomas, you can kind of play the matchups, but he's been great. You didn't, you haven't even needed to. Um, so I, I love Logan Thomas. If, if you can trade Kyle Pitts, you might consider doing it. Honestly. Um, I personally don't think he's the best uh, guy on your roster because you, he does weigh you down. Um, so that's the guy I think I might consider trading. I'd still think he has high name value. And I think he's only going to continue to look like this for the, at least the next few weeks. So I think if you're going to bail, you should bail now. Um, but like I said, he does have that potential to pop off, improve as the year goes on. Um, and he might be worth holding, but I don't like being shackled to him personally. Um, feeling like you have to play him and then him not putting out. Um, as far as the rest of the matchup this week, um, I think we've seen that uh, Cordero Patterson has been more involved in the offense than you might have expected. He's getting a solid share of the offense. Um, not a great matchup, but a good guy in deep leagues to have as a, a maybe a flex or an RB2. Um, he's a, definitely a guy you need to own. Great handcuff for Mike Davis, has standalone value. And Mike Davis should have a solid week this week. Washington's defense has not proven to be formidable at all. Um, definitely should be a good week for Mike Davis. Um, and I love the Falcons pass catching, catching options. I could see the Falcons winning this game. So Calvin Ridley um, should be good. Um, still, of course, nervous about Kyle Pitts. But moving on to our next matchup here, Texans-Bills. Uh, as far as the Bills, the running backs, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. If I'm picking one, I'm picking Zach Moss. I'm not feeling great about it, though. Um, Texans, you're starting. Brandon Cooks, if you have him. Um, and other than that, Josh Allen, great start as usual. Definitely think he'll be a top 10 quarterback this year for, for me personally. I uh, love the Bills defense in this matchup. But other than that, uh, not a whole lot to add. Uh, Stephon Diggs has been a little bit disappointing, but I think that we all know he's just uh, needs a touchdown or something to happen for him to get a, a big week. But Gabby, did you have anything you wanted to add about this matchup? Uh, the Bills are going to boat race the Texans this week. I'd, I'd have to agree, yeah. Uh, lines at minus 16 right now on my Oregon scoreboard app. So, yeah. It's gonna be a boat race. I think if you take that, if you take that for what it means, then I think it's gonna be a running matchup. You can maybe Zach Moss or Devin Singletary or flex considerations in deeper leagues. You're playing Diggs. Diggs has been quite disappointing though. Um, not as good as you expect. I think he's about like a wide receiver two right now in ranking. So. Yeah, he's been quite disappointing, but what are you going to do? You're going to start him. Emmanuel Sanders, though, however, and Cole Beasley. I think Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley are guys that you're definitely putting in your flex. Uh, Cole Beasley is a reception machine, and Emmanuel Sanders is able to get deep and relieve pressure from the Stefan Diggs coverage that's being rolled over. I think Stefan Diggs is getting – Sort of the same problem that Amari Cooper was in that the coverage is being rolled over. So other people are benefit benefiting in the short term, but I think that will even out in the long term when they start giving more respect to Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. But on the Houston Texans side, outside of Brandon Cooks, you're not starting anybody. So Yeah, and I 
I do feel like it's hard to it's hard to play Cole Beasley just because I mean, yeah, of course he had a great week last week, but he just generally is because he's anti-vax. Oh, well, that does make it hard for me to play him. I hate rooting for him for that reason, you know. And also my brother's a Bills fan, so I always like to see the Bills kind of lose a little bit. No, no hate on the Bills, but it's a it's fun fun to root against him a little bit. Um, but no, mostly the problem I have with Cole Beasley is the fact that he is generally uh, got his upside is pretty well capped. His uh, baseline is incredible, and he's a great play for that reason. But uh, it's it's always hard for me to put a guy out there knowing he's only going to get me a certain amount of points. Um, but so far this year, he's in at least a couple matchups, he's exceeded that. So maybe maybe he'll prove me to be wrong. Um, I would I would be okay with that. That would. That would be fine. Uh, so I think he's probably a guy I'm not excited to play, but he's interesting. Emmanuel Sanders, um, I'm going to have to see it another week. He's been under 10, all, 10 points all but last week against a very disappointing Washington defense. Um, Houston's defense should not be much better, but I expect uh, the Bills to do less passing than um, than they maybe have had to do in these in their previous games. So uh, – I think it'll probably be a, a blowout where the bills probably do a lot of running. Um, so I don't love Emmanuel Sanders this week personally would not be trying to play him, but he's definitely a good pickup if he's still out there on your waiver wire. Moving on to our next matchup though, we have the saints versus the giants. Uh, the saints have been a great defense this year. Uh, love them as a streamer. If they're available, they were dropped in a lot of leagues that I saw um, this last week. So available in some leagues um the giants you're probably not starting many of their their play their skill position players you're starting saquon barkley now until further notice obviously but uh their pass catchers i'm staying away from them for the most part personally Uh, maybe you're bold and you're going to go out there with sterling shepherd but i'm personally staying away from that due to a good saints defense Um, but yeah other than that you're starting the, the usual suspects on the saints um, Alvin Kamara, and uh, you're probably probably not starting Jameis, but he's a uh, he's a guy I guess you could throw out there if you really need a deep uh, deep quarterback, maybe two quarterback leagues. But uh, yeah, anything that stands out to you in this matchup, Gabby? Yeah, I think the Giants are actually a very interesting play. I think I don't think you're playing Daniel Jones. You're definitely playing Saquon, but at the wide receiver position with Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton with hamstring issues. Um, oh, they have, they I missed that. They hadn't practiced on Wednesday. I think Evan Ingram is an interesting, a very interesting play at tight end. Um, the top two options for the Giants are are not even practicing. There's a good chance that they won't play. Uh, Kenny Galladay is also questionable with a hip and toe as well. He was a limited participant on Wednesday. So the really the only receiving options available are Evan Ingram, CJ Board, John Ross and Saquon Barkley. So I think you're rolling Evan Ingram out. I think he's a top, I think he's a top 12 play this week. I think he was going to be my tight end starter of the week. Yeah, that's a, that's a bold one. Um, I just have little confidence in Evan Ingram, but if all those guys are out, he is far from the worst start this week. Uh, definitely can't fault anybody for rolling him out this week. Um our next matchup, I'm going to let Gabby take this one away. It's going to be wait, the wait, 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 Oh, wait, wait, before we get there, one more thing to add, you say? Yeah, I wanted to add something about Evan Ingram. 
Um, I know he did play bad in week one. Um, he only got you one point, but he was coming back from injury was first week back and he got 56% of the saps in week one coming back from an injury. So I week, think that's week three this back. past week. Yeah. I just want to make that, make sure that's clear, but yes, yeah, continue. Week. But yeah. I think I his six targets for uh, two yards. I think he had a fumble as well in there. Um, yeah. It's pretty rough, but. I think he, he has the potential to definitely be better, especially with these injuries. And with the game in New Orleans where they're going to be down a lot, it looks like they're minus – they're seven-and-a-half underdogs. They're going to have to pass the ball a lot. And Evan Ingram with the corners of Marshawn Lattimore locking down the outside, I think the inside is going to be the only way they're going to be able to attack him. So Evan Ingram is definitely a good play here. Sorry about that. No worries. I definitely want definitely want you to get that in there. Um, I, I just have to see it to believe it for the most part, I guess. So if uh, it, it, and it depends on who's available for you. And I'm not saying he's the worst pick. I'm just a little bit more um, conservative, I guess I would say in this situation than Gabby. So um, yeah, take that knowledge and do what you will. Uh, moving on to our next matchup. I'm still going to let you take it away, Gabby. It's going to be the chiefs versus the Eagles. What this is, a, should be a juicy matchup. I mean, what, what, what are the things that stand after you here? Uh, what's saying that to me is that the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, he's a every week started. Yeah, yeah, he's a must-start quarterback for the rest of the season. Um, in this worst matchup of the year, he was still able to get twenty points, and that game was awful. If you watched it, he didn't play well, but in garbage time, he was able to rack up some touchdowns, get some yards, and you look at your phone and you're like, wow. He had 20 points in fantasy. It's pretty impressive. So I think it's only better from there, and I think his floor is pretty set. So I'm pretty happy in that regard. On the other hand, Tyreek Hill has had two bad performances in a row. I think he's a great, great ad right now. Um, by low, by low for sure, yeah. yeah. I think a guy like Cooper Cup, if you have him, that's, that's a guy I've already sent. I've sent off in a trade for Tyreek Hill. Just straight up see what the owner is thinking because – Cooper Cup, he's for real as well. I don't think that's a horrible deal, but having Tyreek Hill, that's a game winner. That's a single-handedly, your team is completely shitting the bed, and Tyreek Hill has 200 yards, and sorry, now you've won the you've won the matchup and you've crushed your opponent's dream. So that, those are the type of players you want on your team. Um, something I'm running through personally right now is I currently kind of have a player like that in Tyler Lockett, so... I wouldn't necessarily want to do that. I don't necessarily want to stack those type of players. I think Tyler Lockett's somebody I'd be more willing to trade away just because we have seen him uh, get uh, get weeks where he's – like last year he was great at the beginning um, and he was poor at the end of the season. Um, so I definitely – I'm not as confident in Tyler Lockett maintaining that high of value. I think DK is going to start eating into that. Um, as far as the Cooper cup versus uh, Tyreek deal, that would be hard for me to make. Um, I would do it for Ty to get Tyreek. Um, but it is, it would be so hard to trade away Cooper cup while he's playing right now. Um, and the way he's playing right now, he's just been awesome. But are you, you're actively trying to, you're suggesting that people make that happen. That's so hard to trade away Cooper cup. Uh, I don't know if I'm trying to trade him away. 
uh, I had a conversation with one of my buddies and we were having a com- he was saying you got to trade away Cooper Cup right now because I hold him in one of our leagues and I was saying I was like outside of Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams like Cooper Cup is the third wide receiver like I think in fantasy right now yeah no he is I I think he is the number one yeah well he's number one overall but I'm thinking like if I'm looking to trade a wide receiver straight up right now which ones would I take Outside of, I would take a Devonte for Cooper Cup. Like I would take Devonte if someone offered me that. Really? Yeah, one hundred percent. I'm not really thinking about that one. And I'd probably take. I would take Tyreek Hill for Cooper Cup, but outside of that, I don't think so. My buddy was saying that he should. He would take DeAndre Hopkins. I should take Stephon Diggs. Like he was thinking this is a buy, a sell high. A Cooper Cup situation and I'm just not with it he was we were arguing sorry to bring conversation but we were bringing we were talking about how he, he, Cooper Cup I was saying Cooper Cup was for real and he was saying no this isn't a real Cooper Cup this is like a three-week span and I was like no we've seen this in 2019 and back in the day with Jared Goff Cooper Cup was the guy he was a baller before he tore his ACL and then the season after like this is for real. I think he might have been one of the most underrated wide receivers in the, in the NFL. And I might have a little bit of personal bias. I'm from the Washington State area, so my first game, I saw him destroy the Washington State University single-handedly. So that might be a little bit saddening for me. He went to Eastern up there in Cheney, Washington. I am a. Uh... I am a believer that Cooper Cup's for real this year. I just want to make sure I put that on the record. I, I don't know if he'll continue to do quite as good as he has been. I trade for him for Hill, but uh, for Devontae Adams, I'm probably I'm probably reluctantly doing that. Um, but I think it depends on uh, – I guess it, I think it depends a little bit on who your team is. If you're 3-0, and oh, I'd maybe do that. Um, but if you're 0-3 somehow – you wouldn't be 0-3 with Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. What am I saying? Yeah, you wouldn't. So never mind. Yeah, I would I would probably do it. Um, I would be reluctant, though. Um, and, uh, yeah, just because Cooper Cup's been so good, and I do think he's for real, I just – it's a safe play to get Devontae. Like, you know he's going to be awesome. And it's not like Devontae's been bad. Like, Devontae got 31 last week in 20. He had 18 targets last no, week. No, he was great last week, but he wasn't Cooper Cup. Yeah, he was better than Cooper Cup last week. Last week? Okay, yeah, but not previously. Okay. <laughs> I understand, but point being, like, outside like outside of those two guys, Cooper Cup is a – now, I think we've gotten a little bit off task, but Cooper yeah, Cup – Yeah, remember, is, we were talking about the Chiefs. <laughs> oh, yeah, Cooper Cup is a guy that you definitely – But going back to the Chiefs, um, oh, Clive Edwards-Alaire, that's a guy that we definitely need to talk about as well. He had a good matchup. A good game in week three, had 20 points, a receiving touchdown as well. Fumbled the ball again, a guy who never fumbles the ball. No. <laughs> and then great matchups. And I think this is a game where you need to sell him. Uh, going into the season, something that we wanted to see from Clyde Edwards-Alaire was the ability to catch the ball. Yes, he got the receiving touchdown, but the targets are just not there. Um, one thing I mistakenly forgot was Patrick Mahomes has one of the greatest arms in football. So – he can make most throws and he's looking to push the ball down the field and he can buy time with his legs. So there's not a lot of opportunities and not a lot of reasons for him to dump the ball off. And with that said, Clyde Edwards-Alaire also isn't the talent 
as a guy like Kareem Hunt is, that's something I realized watching Kareem Hunt play on Sunday. Like, there was a reason why Kareem Hunt was so good. Like, you, you're trying to scheme that guy into your offense, and Clyde edwards is just not that talent. It's pretty apparent when you're – those are two different talents at running back. And Clyde edwards he's a pretty good running back, but he's just not Kareem Hunt. And I'm definitely trying to trade him right now in all the leagues I do have. I, that, that doesn't mean I don't think he can be a good RB2 for the year because he's still in a really high-powered offense, and there's a chance for him to fall in the end zone two or three times in any game and for him for be – a top five running back, but yeah, this is a performance where you can definitely put him in deals and have that name value and people are going to bite on that. But outside of that, on the Eagles side. And uh, before you, uh, before you get to the Eagles, I just want to get a point of clarification. Uh, When you're talking about Clyde Edwards, trading him away, are you saying that you think this is going to be a good week for Clyde? And then you're saying trade him away after these two good weeks in a row. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm talking about trading him away. As trade him before. Okay. Because I, I actually just, before you get to the Eagles real quick, I just wanted to say that I actually think this is a good week for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, I think the Chiefs roll over the Eagles um, after being so poor in these last few weeks. I think they roll, roll over the Eagles, make up for it. Um, and I think Clyde has a solid game, good enough to boost his trade value because I do think most people think Clyde has been bad. Even though he had one good game, I still think people think of him as bad. Um, so I think if you, you're taking a risk, you're taking a risk for sure. But I think if you are willing to hold on to him for one more week, I think you can get a slightly uh, – I think you can get a higher value for Clyde in return, and then I would also be trading him. But uh, continue on with what you were going to say with the Eagles. Well, just with the Eagles, I was going to talk about Miles Sanders. I mean, he's been quite disappointing in the last couple of weeks. Same with Devonta Smith and all the pass catchers, honestly. Um, it's hard to start any of them with confidence. They're all flex flex considerations for me right now. Is that Jalen Hurts, who's obviously a quarterback. But, yeah, it's hard to start any of those guys with confidence, either Dallas Goddard, Devonta Smith, or Miles Sanders, even Zach Gertz for that instance, even though he was the tight end or the pass catcher that did pretty well last week. Even Jalen Rager, they're all the guys that – you've I've lost confidence in yeah no I I have to agree with you um I was pretty high on Devonta Smith uh coming into the year one of the higher uh better rookies I thought this year or would I thought he would be one of the better rookies for fantasy this year um just thinking because there's nobody really else in that offense that is a huge target hog um but that has not been the case Jalen Hurts has disappointed me um, as far as his actual ability on the field, as far as passing, I don't think he's that high a quality of quarterback throwing the ball. Definitely think, I think quarterbacks can improve. So I, I think a lot of people think that um, you got to make a judgment on how good of a passer they are just in like their early years. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts will never be a good passer. I just don't think he's a great passer now. And I don't think that he really can support any fantasy options through the air. Um, as far as the Eagles go, you said Miles Sanders has been terrible. Um, I just wanted to point out how terrible he's been. Um, <laughs> he had five touches last 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 week against Dallas. Um, he only got you eight and a half points. Um, and yeah, it was because he got three catches. Um, and uh, the he's been getting worse and worse. 
um, as far as touches and points. Um, he did do get 19 touches against Atlanta week one. Um, so in a game where they blew out Atlanta, um, he got 17 uh, points, 19 touches. Against San Francisco, a close game, he got 14 touches for 6.9 points. And against Dallas, like I said, he had eight and a half points on the five touches, another close, closer game, um, but or not really that close of a game. It's just an Eagles loss. Um, so what I think that kind of shows is that in Eagles losses, games where they're down, Miles Sanders is not going to be involved. I would not be playing Miles Sanders this week if I can avoid it at all, because I think they're going to be down to Kansas City. The only time that he got good points was when they were in a blowout win against Atlanta. So uh, maybe if they were playing a team with a bad defense, a team where I think they'd be winning, I would play Miles Sanders. But I think Miles Sanders gets schemes out, schemed out a little bit um, versus better teams. He's almost like a reverse Kareem Hunt in a sense, whereas I always see Kareem Hunt being utilized more in the games where that are a little tougher, where they're going to have to pass the ball more. Whereas Miles Sanders seems to be used less, which is crazy um, because I think he's clearly the most talented running back in that backfield, but he doesn't ever get utilized and hasn't for a couple of years through multiple different coaching staff. So uh, Miles Sanders is a guy I'm super down on. If he has any big weeks, I am trading him as soon as possible. If I own him. Uh, yeah. Not a Miles Sanders guy um, at all. Um, Gabby, did you have any last bits to add on this? No, I, I said my piece on this matchup. And uh, I did mention it previously. I just wanted to say again that I do think Clyde is a good play this week. Um, solid play, I guess. Nothing. He's not obviously the best play. He's Clyde, but uh, a solid play this week. Um, but yeah, moving on to our next matchup here. We got Seahawks 49ers, the first of the one o'clock games on Sunday. Uh, what do you, the running back situation in San Francisco is so murky. Uh, probably going to be Mitchell or Sermon this week. Um, I don't really have a ton of confidence as of Wednesday in who it will be, but uh, should be one of those guys. Um, Gabby, is there anything really that you're seeing in this matchup? We've already talked about Ayuk, but uh, is there anything in this matchup that you want to bring up? Uh, no, oh, Russell Wilson is would have been my sit of the week. Uh, somebody that I'm lowering expectations on. I don't think you were able to really actually sit him, given that he's been pretty uh, consistent. But I don't think he's going to be able to pop as well as you might have expected. Uh, San Francisco has been a tough defense, and they're on the road. So, oh, actually, I think they might be at home. Now thinking about it, um, it's he, yeah, it's at San Francisco's at home. San Francisco's at home. Yes. Oh, yeah. So they're on the road, and so there might be a tough matchup. So uh, something to consider there. But I think everything's pretty straightforward in this matchup. You're starting, except from that outside of you can we've already discussed. Oh, actually, no. Let's talk about the running back situation in San Francisco. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is questionable to return. I think if he's starting or if he's playing, I think you got to start him. I'm sitting in a predicament right now. I'm doing pretty bad in this 12-man league. And I have Elijah Mitchell right now and, and Trey Sermon. And I think I'm starting Elijah Mitchell if he's playing. And it's half-point PPR, so I think running backs are kind of who you're leaning towards in your flex there just because of the opportunities if they're starting. 
are more apparent than you're not getting as high of a bonus in as receptions as you would versus a full point PPR format. But yeah, the running back situation is pretty murky there. Uh, Trey Sermon didn't look all that hot, had 11 for 30 and a touchdown. Uh, but yeah, I think you're starting Elijah Mitchell if he's playing, but I don't blame you if you don't. It's pretty murky, but we saw when he's, if he's playing, they're going to give him the opportunities to, to be the running back one. Yeah, I think he's definitely a solid flex play for sure. Um, probably a pretty solid RB2 as well. Um, uh, Mitchell, I think, is trending towards playing. It's scary. Uh, he had he logged a limited practice today, I believe, Wednesday again. Um, so hopefully, hopefully he plays. Um, but yeah, not not certain. That's for sure. Um, I got a question yeah. for you. Yeah. This is a question in one of my leagues right now. I have a flex option. Would you play Elijah Mitchell or Tyler Boyd half point PPR? Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Um, no, you know, you know. I want to caveat that today I'm saying Tyler Boyd because I'm not confident that Mitchell's going to play and be fully healthy. But if Mitchell continues to, uh, to, to continue to trend towards playing and being fully healthy, then I'd probably play Mitchell, especially with how Sermon performed. I mean, he just wasn't good. Um, so I'm, I'm still leaning trending towards Mitchell. Um, but Boyd is just the safe play if you need to play somebody, if you need to decide today, and you kind of do because of him playing on Thursday. So I'm probably playing Boyd if I have to pick between those two just because they play tomorrow um, and you have to make that decision. But I'm I'm scared, and uh, I'm not feeling super confident about that. Unfortunately, there's that Thursday game, and you're kind of stuck with that. Um, but yeah, if I if I'm having to wait around for that, I'm probably playing it safe um, and playing Boyd. Unless I unless I think I'm gonna lose my my matchup this week, and then I might consider waiting um, and trying to play Mitchell and maybe trying to get a huge game. But I'm gonna say after, now that I've talked that out a little bit, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Boyd just because you have to decide tomorrow. So. All right. Thank you. Yeah, and then. Uh, Thinking about the Seahawks, I do want to say that Tyler Lockett has kind of been dominating. Uh, DK Metcalf has kind of not been as good as maybe people had hoped. Uh, but I want to say that I do think that DK is going to start um, getting more of the targets like he did last week. Um, he did pop off um, get, getting another touchdown, his second touchdown of the year, nine targets. Um, and I just want to make sure that people are fully confident that he is going to be fine. He did have kind of some down weeks, but um yeah dk metcalf is i think he's still going to be the number one there in seattle and be just fine be great um moving on to the next matchup here i think personally i find this one to be pretty interesting uh arizona and um, the los angeles rams um this one i'm playing chase edmonds i know there was uh two touchdowns from james connor last week might be kind of enticing but he's still getting less than 50 percent of the snaps he actually got less than 40 percent of the snaps last week um, just happened to be in on the goal line, which sucks for Chase Edmonds. Um, but Chase Edmonds, he's going to get involved in the passing game. And I think that's a, a guarantee to be used this week in the uh, in a game where I think Arizona is going to be down. I think they're going to be passing the ball. Um, 
So Chase Edmonds gets most of the snaps. He gets all the passing work. Um, I think uh, I think that Connor James Connor has only gotten he's got one catch the entire year, um, and uh, yeah, got only over forty percent of the snaps once, and that was Week One. So no, don't be don't be fearful of uh, Chase Edmonds. He is the running back to own in Arizona, and I think this is a Chase Edmonds game. I think he's the kind of running back who's schemed to be passed to a lot. And I think uh, with a very tough Rams defense, uh, they're going to probably be dumping the ball off to Chase Edmonds. So I think it's a solid game for Chase Edmonds. Probably not going to light up the world, but I like Chase Edmonds this week. And then uh, Rams, definitely starting Cooper Cup. Matthew Stafford's a great start this week. Um, Kyler Murray, great start. Uh, Probably not starting any wide receivers on – on uh, Arizona other than DeAndre Hopkins, who I am starting. Um, and yeah, other than that, I think uh, uh, definitely monitor, monitor Henderson for the Rams, his health. Um, he may or may not be in this week. Um, but yeah, Gabby, did you have anybody other than uh, Robert Woods, I think is an interesting conversation, but uh, did you have anything other than that that you wanted to mention? No, Robert Woods is a very interesting conversation. Uh, I'm currently looking at Robert Woods right now and seeing if he should be a flex consideration or if he should be on my bench. It's a 12 man. Um, I'm going to actually throw this back to you. Would you start Robert Woods or Elijah Mitchell going back into that situation? Oh man, that's, that's tough. Um, Like I mentioned earlier, um, Elijah Mitchell isn't going to be, is playing on the later half of a window on Sunday. So luckily that's also when Robert Woods is playing um, and Robert Woods has been playing bad. So I'm definitely waiting or not bad. I mean, he's got 12 twice and then six, so nothing terrible, but not, definitely not where you're hoping for Robert Woods and not what you're wanting from your wide receiver. So I'm waiting. And if it looks like Mitchell's going to play, I'm going to play Mitchell. Do, do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I I think so. In a half point PPR setting, I, I think so because you have the you have the luxury of waiting there with both their games being at one. Um, yeah, I'm waiting to see if Mitchell's healthy. But I think there's also a thing of like if Mitchell if Mitchell's a game time decision, are you still rolling with Mitchell? No. If he's a game time decision, no. Like if he's not looking good, then I'm probably playing Woods. Um, but if he's if he practices like it goes full go on like Friday, then yeah, I'm for sure playing Mitchell, even PPR. Um, that that's bad for Woods that he's been. He's wide receiver forty nine in half point PPR right now. What I'm looking at. Yeah, and uh, I do think eventually teams are going to scheme to take Cooper Cup out of the game, and Robert Woods is going to have a huge game. Um, and so I do kind of like Robert Woods, I, I, his chances to come back, but based off what you've seen this year, if he has a big game, um, I'm probably trading him if he has a big game, and I, I think that's going to come uh, sooner rather than later. Could be this week, but I don't know if I'm necessarily going to bet on it. Um, I think there are better options out there. So like Elijah Mitchell, probably if he's healthy. So any last things to add for that interesting matchup there? No, not really. 
Are you uh, are you interested in uh, James Conner as a waiver wire ad at all? Mm, maybe in deeper leagues. When we say deeper, when I say deeper leagues, I mean twelve or more uh, people or managers. But no, outside of that, well, if you're also the Chase Edmonds owner, then yeah. But that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, a hand handcuff and maybe in a super deep league, and that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, next matchup: Steelers Packers. The Steelers have been surprisingly poor in the passing game, um, but uh, Steelers Packers this week. Um, I'm still playing Devonte even in a against that tough Steelers D. Um, Aaron Jones is a must start. Um, I'm not starting Aaron Rodgers if I don't have to. Trying to avoid him. Um, definitely. Looking to see if Devontae Adams is – or not Devontae Adams, uh, Deontay Johnson, see if he's back in the fold. But, Gabby, is there anything that stands out to you about that matchup? Uh, with, yeah, Ben ba- Roethlisberger looks bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, Najee Harris had like 14 receptions last week because he can't throw the ball down the field. The offensive line isn't all that good. Um our our hopes for the Steelers offense are just not there. I was a big, pretty big Steelers proponent this year. I thought people's win t- totals on them were false. Like that Big Ben had one more year, but it's just not looking like that's the the case. Uh, it's versus Green Bay on the road. Uh, Green Bay is a six and a half point favorite. Um, I, I think I think this is pretty straightforward. You're not starting Big Ben this week. He's on the road. You never start Big Ben on the road. You start him eight or nine games a year. That's whenever he's at Heinz Field. <laughs> um, the running back, Najee Harris, you start. If you, Deontay Johnson, if he's playing, you start him because you know he's going to get the targets. He logged a limited practice today. Yeah. But the other wide receivers, they're flex options. But Juju missed practice today, and I think I, I could likely see him missing the game. Um, if that's the case, I'm and if Deontay Johnson is still looking iffy, I think Chase Claypool is a really good play. Yeah, then you're playing Claypool in that regard. Yeah. If he's not playing the game, then you play Claypool. Yeah, you gotta yeah. monitor that situation. Yeah. That's good. Not playing Fryermuth. Um, but on the other side, the Packers side, Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Tanyan if you have to, but you don't want to. <laughs> but yeah, I think outside of that, it's are you do you think Aaron Rodgers is a good streaming option this week? Or you think you can do better most likely? Is Aaron Rodgers a streaming option? I thought if you have Aaron Rodgers, you're playing him. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, after his week one, I feel like a lot of people probably picked up second options. I think I, I'm I'm probably playing him every single week if it's me, but uh, you might I, not. I didn't know he was a streaming option. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, let's. let's well, let's, I guess I guess I miss I guess I misspoke. He is he's for sure rostered. He's not a streaming option. That is true. He is not a streaming option at all. Um, but are you are you playing him? Are you or are you are you? Yeah, I'm playing play Aaron Rodgers. Okay. It's just because. Pittsburgh is is just the Pittsburgh defense. That's all. That's the only reason I was asking. 
This I just have respect for that. That's not Derek Carr just carved up, right, a couple weeks ago? Well, yeah, but Josh Allen's a significantly better quarterback than Derek Carr, and he didn't carve him up. So, you know, you never know. Every, any given, I, we any don't even, Sunday, I, don't, you know? I don't even know if that's true. Oh, my be. gosh. Oh, my gosh. Just, <laughs> we could go for a whole other podcast on that, but that is that is <laughs> blasphemous. The idea that Derek Carr is better than Josh Allen is – Crazy town. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it at that. But I'm not. Yeah, but yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah, you're playing Aaron Rodgers every week. I don't see this isn't a matchup that's really scaring me. I understand Pittsburgh is a vaunted defense, but you're at home. Um, yeah, I'm playing Aaron Rodgers every week. I'm probably dropping my quarterback now. I've seen Aaron Rodgers play well enough for two straight games. I agree. I, I completely agree. I just, uh, I did, I do have, you do have that in the back of your mind, the Steelers D and that first week. So, um, but Aaron Rodgers always gives you a dud week a year. Every, mo- I mean, most players do. Most players no, but Aaron, I think, I feel like it was Aaron Rodgers. It's like, it's not like, oh, he might get you eight. Like, no, he'll get you two points for one week. Like, he'll have a two pointer. Like, last week it was versus the Bucks where he just had like, two points and you're like what everybody's freaking out and it's just like no he gives up on which is bad I guess he's not a garbage time quarterback like if he's losing by 21 it's over you're kind of shot and you're like all right well I just don't know if that's true it's taking a shot at Aaron Rodgers right there. it is Aaron Rodgers doesn't lose close games if he loses he's getting blown out think about the last couple doesn't lose close games because if it's close he's winning no, yeah, but in fantasy, that kind of matters. Like, if he's getting blown out, like, can you know the last time that you thought, like, of an Aaron Rodgers comeback in the regular season when we're talking about fantasy? Last week. He came okay. – oh, that's not a comeback. They almost lost the game. They had they, 37 seconds to no, come they, back. They were going to – that would have been more because they lost the game more than, like, they came back. I'm more of, like – I get, I get Okay, I get what you're saying. Like, I come back from down, from behind. I don't – I don't have – I don't have any of those on memory. But to be fair, I can't think of that many of those off the top of my head for any team other than the Patriots. So, <laughs> I mean, 28-3 sticks in your head. But, you know, other than that, I don't – it's hard for me to think of a lot of huge comeback games. But, um, no, you're right. I, I guess I can't think of a lot of big Aaron Rodgers comebacks. I just I just feel like you you'll see it a lot in the regular season. Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback that I don't think it's a shot. I feel like he's obviously one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. It's just when he's done when he's losing, I feel like it's very apparent that he doesn't want to get back in the game or like he he kind of like moves on to the next one pretty quickly. Like in the first matchup, Jordan Love was in there at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Oh, come on. That's uh, probably was not completely his decision. And he didn't, and it didn't you think he walked up to LaFleur and was like, you know what? Let Jordan get in there. I'm tired of this. No way. I mean, when he chucked that second pick and it looked like a punt, it might as well have been like, yeah, he I did. He did look like he did not give a shit, but that's <laughs> not the point. That's, <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't, I, I doubt that he benched himself. And yeah, I, I do think he cares. He just did not. Okay, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson looks the exact. He obviously cares. That's he obviously cares. Zach Wilson looked the exact same way on some of his picks, and that guy 
Yeah, he's got to be caring as well. So you know, maybe maybe he's just maybe it's just hard to tell sometimes. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to our next matchup here. We only have a few left. Uh, we've got the Ravens versus the Broncos. Um, we mentioned earlier KJ Hamler going down, another injury for the Broncos. Uh, two of the more ri- injury riddled teams, I would say, in the as far as skill positions, um, the Bronco- Broncos and the Ravens. Um, KJ Hamler going down. Tim Patrick is an improved option. He already was a pretty solid flex option. He's got a pretty solid baseline. I feel like Tim Patrick's going to get you anywhere from 10 to 15 points a week, probably. Um, and he's good in that sense. He'll get you some touchdowns. Cortland Sutton is a guy I love. Um, I think people were doubting him after a, his year um, off due to injury of uh, that ACL he tore last year. So this year he's been awesome. Uh, keep him in your lineups. And uh, yeah, uh, Broncos running back situation still murky. Um, I guess you could play Gordon or Javante Williams in a, in a pinch. But uh, definitely not excited about either one of those guys. Um, Javante Williams still getting about under 50% of the snaps. Um, Melvin Gordon also about 50, slightly higher. So, um, yeah, definitely nothing great in going on in the backfield there. Um, the Ravens, Tyson Williams didn't do so hot last week. Um Maybe he's losing a little bit of the role. Gabby, how are you, how do you feel about this Ravens backfield and, and this matchup in, in general? Uh, the Ravens backfield is pretty odd. Uh, they kept cycling through running backs pretty frequently. Tyson Williams was a guy I was pretty high on uh, going after hearing the news that J.K. Dobbins was uh, and J.K. Dobbins was down and Gus Edwards went down. I was like, oh, Tyson Williams, this is the guy. Over Latavius Murray, over Le'Veon Bell, over Devontae Freeman. And he looked pretty well in the first two weeks, but now it just doesn't look as hot. So I feel like I feel like now he has to go back to your bench and it's hard. It's really hard to do that. But I feel like that's the right move right now until the Ravens start committing to him more. And it might be, be I don't know why they might not commit to him. It might be I'm not really sure why the reason is, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's odd. He he looked good, and he's uh, he looked like clearly the best of their running backs as far as talent um, these last couple of weeks uh, prior to this one. So odd move for sure. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think that matchup is pretty straightforward. Marquise Brown is a guy you're definitely holding on to. Uh, de- desperation play. This is not the best matchup for that. Denver's defense is pretty good. Uh, Marquise Brown dropped. Some had some big drops, including at least one touchdown, uh, touchdown drop. So, he'll, I think he'll get that figured out. I think uh, Marquise Brown is a good good receiver who hasn't really had drop problems too much in the past, at least. Um, so, I'm not overly concerned about that. Definitely think he'll turn that around. Um, yeah, and then any any last things on that one, Gabby? Uh, no, Marquise Brown is definitely a start. Rashad Bateman just got activated and has been practicing. So that might be somebody to look into if you have an IR spot opened up. Yeah, deep league stash for sure if you're if you're looking for somebody. Yeah, definitely a guy you can put on there. And on the Lions side, uh, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift look like they're going to be pretty solid running backs throughout the year and TJ Hawkinson, but outside of those guys. 
Quintus Cephas had one reception last week, so he's welcome to drop spill as well if you had picked him up for whatever reason. And uh, yeah, we we actually we we've gone uh, gone past that matchup. We we were talking about the Ravens Broncos. Oh crap! I was thinking of <laughs> Ravens and Detroit was still playing. Yeah, that's that is last week. But yeah, no, we did kind of skirt by those uh, Lions running backs. But yeah, those are both. I think uh, solid starts. Jamal Williams, um, he's way better than what you paid for um, as far as draft capital. So, yeah, definitely a solid spot start there. Um, but, yeah, as far as uh, Ravens, Broncos, um, yeah, I don't think there's much to add other than the Marquise Brown. Uh, you covered that. So um, moving on to the marquee matchups, the Sunday night and Monday night games, uh, we got the Buccaneers-Patriots. Um, that's going to be an exciting one. I, I'm actually super excited to watch that. I have no, no skin in the game at all, but, um, I think that's going to be fun to watch. This is going to be high drama. Um, fantasy wise, James White is out for the year likely or out indefinitely, not the year necessarily, uh, but, or no, yeah, it just came out. He is out for the year. Excuse me. Um, and, uh, he's out for the year. So it's going to be kind of interesting how those running back shares, uh, fallout um i personally am not don't have a strong opinion on who i think it will be um i hope that harris gets a little bit of a bump i think for the most part he is going to be the beneficiary of that um but we'll see um damian harris probably not going to get a huge bump because he's not super involved in the pass game and that's james white's area but hopefully he gets at least a little one we'll see definitely not thinking is going to be a great start this week against the buccaneers they have a great run d um yeah, I think the Buccaneers, unfortunately, it looks like uh, it's going to become super murky again in the Buccaneers' pass-catching room. Uh, Antonio Brown will likely be back, so probably going to be murky again. Gronk is going to maybe be out for a little while, uh, so maybe Cameron Brait, but could be O.J. Howard there. Uh, Gabby, what are you looking for in this matchup? Uh, for this matchup, I'm looking – to see how Tom Brady plays versus his former team. But on a fantasy perspective, I mean, the Bucks are going to boat race them. So I'm really hoping to see that this if this running back situation between Fournette and Jones really settles out. Looks like Fournette might be taking control there. But I want to see that settle. And I want to see the wide receiver matchup. I want to see if Tom Brady throws five touchdowns. Like, if that happens – then I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. So I'm starting all the wide receivers in that instance. And on the Patriots side of things, five touchdowns, bold. Yeah, he's going out there and balling. I don't think I, I can mean, see it. I think the Patriots have good defense. But I think Tom Brady's, I mean, at the same time, Tom Brady's knows Bill Belichick has practiced versus that defense for 20 years. He knows the ins and outs. He's probably told Bill Belichick what's wrong with his defense and like has given it's like as patched its holes so he knows the weaknesses in it he knows how to attack it he knows the scheme the players pretty well so i think that's going to be a pretty easy boat race and on the patriots side you're not really starting anybody outside of maybe jacoby myers in a ppr format but yeah i don't love that start against the staunch buccaneers defense i do think that bill belichick will get some stuff schemed up though I think uh, he'll be motivated for this game as 
He is for every game, I'm sure. But uh, this one's obviously a little special. And, uh, yeah, I'm starting every Bucks receiver per usual. You just kind of have to, um, even though they're – it's kind of scary usually. Um, but, yeah, Tom Brady's awesome this year. Could very likely be the MVP again. Um, getting lots of touchdowns. Keep playing Tom Brady. So, uh, our last matchup here. Gabby, I'm going to let you start. Raiders, Chargers, you're Derek Carr's biggest fan, so – Take it away. What do you see in here? Derek Carr has a, over 300 passing yards in all, every performance this year. He's been an MVP candidate. Um, I'm looking at his uh, his odds right now, and he's looking like quite a bargain. Um, he's not even in the top five right now in MVP voting. His odds are at plus 2,500. That's got him 10th, maybe no, outside the top 10, and he's 3 0. I think the Raiders have potential on the table. And I think the Raiders' problem has never been the offense. I think people are forgetting the offense has always looked this good. It's always had the ability to score points. It has not looked this good. I feel like if you look, remember Derek Carr had an MVP type season in 2016. The problem has always been the defense. They have never been able to stop anybody. If you look at their draft, they've always been. 2016 was five years ago. I agree they had a good defense offense then. Yeah, and I just feel like if you look at it, if you go look at his stats, you go, wow, Derek Carr would, like, played pretty well. Like, John Gruden tried to get rid of him for a couple of years there, and the reason why they couldn't was. He's a um, good quarterback. Yeah, he was good, and it was like, why are you trying to get rid of this guy? It doesn't really make any sense. So. I think now that they have a good defense, he has a really good opportunity to be good in fan, uh, fantasy and, and produce. And without Josh Jacobs right now, he who has a pretty good opportunity to start on Monday. Um, Derek Carr is balling. He's just straight balling. Uh, Henry Ruggs has finally produced a little bit. I think he's very good flex consideration now. Darren Waller is obviously in your lineup. Brian Edwards, I think, should be on rosters. I don't know if he should be started yet, but I definitely think he needs to be on rosters. But I think what's very interesting in the running back situation here is this Josh Jacobs doesn't go. It's Peyton Barber that you need to start and not Kenyon Drake. Uh, Peyton Barber has been getting the touches here for the last couple of weeks and is definitely the running back that they're looking to feed the ball to on first and second down, which is pretty odd given that they gave $11 million contract to Kenyon Drake, but they're deciding to use the guy they picked up off the streets. So, um, but good for Peyton Barber. He's been a good running back in the league for a couple of years now. So do you have anything to add on that front? Yeah, no, I just, I'm staying away from the Raiders backfield at all costs. Um, unless Josh, Josh Jacobs is coming back and looking good um, in practice, but uh, yeah, definitely not excited to play Barber or, uh, Kenyon Drake um, on the Chargers side should be a shootout. So the pass catchers, as usual, fire them up. Uh, Keenan Allen and uh, Mike Williams um, should be a solid Justin Justin Herbert game. Um, I don't know if I'm expecting him to be a world beater, but it should be a solid game for him. Um, I would start Derek Carr over him if I was choosing between the two in this matchup. Um, but yeah, I think both quarterbacks are startable. Would prefer Derek Carr. Derek Carr's been awesome. He's the QB nine so far this year. Um, so a top 10 guy. Uh, we'll see if he's able to can sustain that. 
Um, but yeah, I think for now, I think you got to ride the wave. He's been good and, uh, you got to ride it out see how it goes. So Derek Carr, great start this week. Um, and yeah, I think you're starting the usual suspects on the chargers. So, and like you said, I, I agree with the, uh, Brian Edwards stash as well. So that's, that's all for the matchups. Um, Last little bit here that I wanted to add before we go, we got our defensive streamers per usual touched on them a little bit as we went through the matchups, but just want to let you know, I think uh, new Orleans versus the uh, New York giants, probably a team you can find out there. That's a great streaming option uh, following them, Tennessee versus New York jets, Buffalo versus Houston. Great matchup uh, for Buffalo there. And Cincinnati who has a sneaky good defense versus Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville is bound to have some turnovers. So um Gabby, is there anything that you wanted to add before uh, before we go? Yeah, if all those defenses are taken, the defense I've been looking to pick up a little bit here are is either the Miami or the Colts. I think that's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. Um, I have the under in that, so I'm leaning more on the Colts side. Uh, no surprise there. But, that's just, but honestly, that is because uh, the Dolphins are probably going to have to start Jacoby Brissett a backup quarterback, but I think both defenses are pretty good good starts that this week. I think they have a pretty low chance of giving you negative points, but uh, who knows? Maybe one of them gets in the end zone. Yeah, I think that's a great call-out, actually. Yeah, those, that's, a, that's a great matchup. Um, yeah, and then other than that, all I want to add is uh, go follow us on Twitter at SG Fantasy Show. Uh, for updates throughout the weeks, I'll be putting out my starts of the week each week on Twitter. Um, now that we've kind of moved away from that format, can keep following with that? So if you're interested, you can see that there. Um, but yeah, other than that, that is all for us tonight. Uh, appreciate you listening to episode five of Sam and Gabby's Fantasy Football Show. And uh, hope you have a good, good rest of your day. All right. Bye.